Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a weekly show that looks at my handpicked articles from InfoSec and Technology and why they matter. I put out the show in two forms, the podcast, which you're listening to now, and its companion newsletter that has all the stories, notes, and links, which you can subscribe to at danielmesor.com slash subscribe. All right, this is episode 44, and we're going to start with the InfoSec news. So a major new Android vulnerability has been discovered. Uh, it's actually by one of the researchers at Google. Not quite sure how that works when you work at Google and you're discovering O'Days in Google products. But anyway, it's similar to the stage fright, uh, stage fright vulnerability, which was very serious, basically allows uh, the input management Input validation system basically has some serious flaws that allows you to send texts or URLs or whatever to somebody. And because the parser is not secure, it uh, leads to remote code execution. That's what the situation was with the previous stage fright vulnerability. And uh, it's actually named stage fright because that's the name of the library where the vulnerability was found. And this vulnerability is actually extremely similar um, and has extremely similar impact. Supposedly, it's not quite as easy to exploit, but uh, the result is the same. It's remote code execution uh, across multiple attack services. Uh, so text message, URL, and that sort of thing. Um, there is an update that's out for it, um, obviously, because it, it wouldn't actually be an O-Day. Uh, coming from a Google person, but um, there is an update, but uh, because it's Android, it does, doesn't actually go to all Android systems uh, because it's manufacturer dependent. Um, so my recommendation, which I'll, I'll uh, sort of reiterate here, is that if you're running Android, you should really consider running uh, a Nexus phone, which is the pure Android experience, which is quite good. I've, I've run it a number of times. And uh, even though I'm an iPhone person or an Apple person, um, really did enjoy the Nexus uh, operating system um, or the Android operating system on a Nexus phone, which is the pure Google experience. It's, it's the way Google wants you to experience Android. Um, and it also means you get updates immediately, you get the best of the best, the, the newest version of the OS, uh, which includes security updates, uh, which a lot of versions and phones actually don't get. So uh, definitely try to update if you can. Uh, this is a dangerous vulnerability. And if you are in a vulnerable state, you want to be very cautious about where you're getting URLs and text messages and stuff from. Um, and if you're getting text messages, I mean, sometimes you can't actually defend by not following it. Uh, oftentimes, uh, this type of vulnerability, you actually get compromised by receiving it, not necessarily following the link, uh, because it's the parser that's vulnerable. But uh, if you can't update, you should. So a congressional report has uh, slammed the OPM management um, due to the data breach, basically said they should have had security measures in place. They didn't have a lot of basics, um, including two-factor authentication. Um, they were also tracking one breach and kind of thought they had a handle on things. 
So they're like watching this, this hacker on the network and they thought they were in control. And then um, there was actually a second attacker. And uh, when they saw that they were going after sort of the crown jewels, which was like background data and fingerprint data, uh, they thought they were going to be able to stop them, but ended up not being able to, and the breach happened anyway. So they took a lot of flack in this uh, this new congressional report that just came out. And uh, because this is a companion uh, podcast, or, or there's a companion newsletter that goes with this podcast, uh, basically the links to everything I'm talking about are in the newsletter um, slash show notes. So um, each one of these has a link. So Google upgrades Android security with NuGet release. So uh, re-architected media server. Now media server in this case actually means um, it's actually the input validation library that, that works for a lot of different surface areas. So it's basically what's used to process untrusted input. Uh, which is a really big deal. Um, they also added verified boot, some uh, improvements to their SE Linux implementation, some kernel hardening, um, improvements to um, whole file signatures, and a bunch of other stuff that's uh, described in the link. So some pretty significant security upgrades for the NuGet release, which again, if you're running a Nexus phone, uh, you'd be able to use. And other phones as well, but definitely Nexus. Uh, so Google removes this, uh, an application from the Google Play Store that was used by Pakistan's ISI group to spy on the Indian military. So the ISI actually created this app that was like really popular within the Indian, Indian military. They would go and download the app, install it, and it would collect tons of data about that Indian military person and it would upload it to a German server. And then the ISI, the Pakistanis would go, uh, <laughs> would, would go and collect the data. So it was finally figured out that this was happening and uh, Google removed the app from the store, but ingenious uh, intelligence technique by the ISI. Uh, so there's a sophisticated OS 10 backdoor that was discovered uh, that basically joins its Windows and Linux sort of alternatives or counterparts. Uh, it's able to capture screenshots, audio, video, documents, uh, and keystrokes. So pretty nasty piece of uh, OS 10 malware, which uh, they're, they're working on uh, addressing. Google Chrome will soon indicate when a form field is being sent insecurely. So uh, as you go to type in the field, it'll have a little box next to it that says not secure, um, especially if it's a, a sensitive looking field. Uh, so you'll know to be more cautious when putting data into that field. I think it's a pretty cool UI improvement. WordPress users below 4.6.1 should upgrade immediately to avoid a new uh, vulnerabilities, uh, including cross-site scripting and path traversal. Um, so if you're not at the latest, which is 4.6.1, uh, 
as of this moment, you should definitely upgrade. Uh, there's a Hong Kong company uh, that just released a USB kill device. So this thing, you plug it into a USB port. It pulls in a, a bunch of uh, electricity, you know, charge uh, power from the port itself. And it charges its capacitors inside of the USB drive. It's not actually a drive. It's just like a giant capacitor. So it, it pulls the power, stores it up, and then blasts it out into the, into the port. And uh, a lot of systems, laptops, like whatever system you plug it into, just gets like zapped and kind of destroyed by this thing. So it's like, I don't know what you would use it for, what kind of like pen test you would be on where you're allowed to go and just blow shit up. But um, really interesting thing to sort of have in a toolkit. It, I imagine it'd be really useful for... Um, actual hostile activities like when you have to shut someone down they have something really sensitive or dangerous on a laptop or whatever and you have to kill it in some sort of way um seems like it might be a, a sort of a tool in that in that toolbox but <clears throat> interesting product uh without a doubt so intel has broken off the McAfee group or the Intel security group, and it's been renamed McAfee. So it was called McAfee when it was purchased. Then it became Intel security. Now it's being broken away from Intel and renamed to be McAfee. Um, I imagine how much they spent kind of going in both directions. There's got to be someone like super upset about this probably spent just countless millions of dollars going in both directions. Um, but it does show you that name recognition matters a lot, even when the name is both good and bad. So HPE has spun off most of its software business. Um, Meg Whitman is saying they're definitely not getting out of software altogether, but uh, that they're spinning off you know, a big portion of it to this, uh, don't remember the name of it. It's uh, micro something. Oh, micro focus. It's confusing it with Microsoft, but yeah, it's a company called micro focus. And that group is kind of merging with micro focus and uh, those software assets, uh, the new combined company will be 50.1% owned by HPE. So it's kind of still affiliated in, in some sort of way, but it is a separate company. Um, I've got tons of friends. Uh, I spent the last six years of my life at uh, HPE or what became HPE, uh, helping build the Fortify and Demand team. And I've got just tons and tons of friends over there. So um, really hoping that that relationship and that move and, and change works out for them. I've heard some good things along those lines, uh, basically saying that the Microfocus group is UK based and they kind of leave the team alone when they buy a company like this or when an action like this takes place. So if that's the case, that would be uh, good news.
So um, Apple has debuted wireless AirPods with five hours of music playback and advanced sensing technologies. So they basically know when you're listening and when you're not. Uh, they, they're basically trying to kill off the, the wired headset. They removed the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which has been around for like 100 years. And uh, they went to just one port on the bottom, which is the, um, the uh, I don't remember, oh, the lightning port is the name of it. So it's a proprietary port, but it's just one port. It's uh, symmetrical as opposed to the, uh, the USB or the micro USB <clears throat> and mini USB ports, which I find super annoying. Uh, so it's one single port and uh, there's dongles in the box and stuff like that for people who want to keep using their own headphones. Um, I personally I wrote, a, wrote a post about it. I'm happy that they're doing this because I feel like the future definitely does not have wires on its headphones and someone has to make the move. And it doesn't surprise me that it would be Apple doing it. Um, doesn't mean I won't get annoyed. Uh, as I said in the post at some point when I want to be charging and also using headphones, I will probably be doing a lot of cussing at that moment, but I get that, uh, I don't want to have wired headphones in the future. I want tiny, really high quality uh, headset pieces that go in your ear and kind of disappear. I'm not there yet, but this is a whole lot better than having a wire. So I'm excited about it, even though it'll probably annoy me uh, at least a few times. All right. So I'm going to move into the ideas section. Um, so here we sort of just explore uh, some different things. Could be news, it could be a concept I heard about in a book or whatever the source is, but it's a little more exploration of whatever the topic is. So um, I just got done reading Kill Decision by Daniel Suarez. Um, and the book is, it's, uh, it's crazy, it's scary, it's terrifying, it's, uh, it's a look at basically the possibility of autonomous, automated, anonymous drones made out of like easy to buy off the shelf parts that don't require manual control to work. So instead of having like these big drones or whatever, or small drones where you're you're piloting them or some terrorist is piloting them and you're using them to attack people for assassination or whatever. This is something I wrote about. It's actually how I found out about the book is I posted that post somewhere and someone responded and said, Hey, you should read this book. So that's why I read the book. But the crazy thing is, you know, it's not piloted. You just tell it, here's your face that you want to go kill. They're in this area, fly over there and look for them. And it uses facial recognition software to just look for them. And then it, whatever, it either drops something on them or hits them with poison or shoots a dart at them or shoots a gun at them or just kamikazes into them and blows up, right? And what, what if it's a fleet of 10 of those or 
or a hundred or a thousand. And actually the book writes about like swarms of them, like using like insect techniques to, to uh, control their behavior and that sort of stuff. But what it made me realize is that the future, and I've heard this forever, and I'm sure you have as well. The future of combat is very much pure automation versus pure automation. Like we're, we're going to be doing like StarCraft battles with automated machines and drones. Some will be controlled, some will not be controlled. But the idea of like actually putting a human in a suit, like I'm sure we'll still have that for special operations and, you know, a lot of cases. But down the line, we're just going to mass produce robots and drones and whatever other type of, of uh, form factor. And those are the things that are going to fight for us. And the idea that they'll be able to, using AI and machine learning and all kinds of stuff that we're currently working on, we're just going to be able to tell them to go and execute. And, and they will. They will go and kill. They will go and do whatever damage that they can, given whatever parameters and, and uh, whatever AI that they have to help them carry it out. And uh, what's really crazy is the whole concept of attribution, which they talked about here. Um, the example they gave was actually, it was like a, a, a Muslim uh, religious procession. It was a, a wedding or, or a mosque or something like that. Um, a pilgrimage or something. And someone had taken one of these drones and painted it with like a U.S. flag and then used it to kill a bunch of people. Like it dropped bombs on them. But everyone could see that it had a U.S. flag on it. So they thought the U.S. had done it. Well, if you could just buy these parts anywhere, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, you, you could make it look like someone did something when, uh, and, and it's hard to prove that they didn't especially if they're the only ones with the technology. So it's, uh, it's crazy. It, it was a really eye-opening book. The technology was excellent. Did some research on the author and the guy is an IT consultant who turned into an author, not kind of the other way around. So it's very deep at a technical level. Um, good content. Definitely uh, recommend it if you like that kind of stuff. Um, so I was having a conversation with, uh, the Gruck, which is a infosec researcher who focuses on terrorism and intelligence. Uh, I've mentioned it before on, on the podcast and, uh, we, we had a brief exchange. He, he was actually going on about how people need to stop inventing ways for people to speak secretly to each other. He's like, you know, are, are, why are we working on this problem? This is what I was hearing from his tone. It was basically, you know, we, we keep patting ourselves on the back for inventing all these really cool ways for person X to talk to person Y. But really what we need is a way for activists to be able to bring something into the light and broadcast it widely so that someone would take action, right? Um and, and he was, he mentioned the Snowden thing, which I think is a case in point here. I mean, Snowden should have been able to, to broadcast out 
uh, well, he should have had internal methods so he didn't have to in the first place. But let's say it's not Snowden. Let's say it's some other situation, some oppressive government somewhere in wherever, Albonia. Um, you need to be able to broadcast this this information out and uh, and have it be taken seriously and get a response and you know you know move things forward. And so my response was to basically say, look, the problem is filtering, right? The problem is there are plenty of broadcast options, but if everyone's using them, including people who are trying to do disinformation campaigns or just spammers or Alex Jones, like you can't tell the difference. Like the, the signal and the noise just are not differentiated and you end up with garbage. So the medium is diluted. Um, so he responded back and said, basically, it's not about what you can say. It's about what you can verify. And my response to that was, it reminded me of a P versus NP problem where it's a question of how many things can you check? Um, not, are you able to check all the different options, uh, versus being able to check whether a given option is true? Or, or valid. So um, it's, it's not an exact analogy, but I, I thought it was an interesting one. So it was a, it was a fun exchange. And uh, I think it's a really good point that he was making. Uh, basically, we, we need to be able to pull signal out uh, when people broadcast important things that are sort of uh, activism based whistleblower type stuff. Um, so the next one is in so, sort of more general tech, um, in social. So, uh, subscription retail. So the concepts of subscriptions and curation, basically combining into new types of services, which I find really, really interesting. So there's a company called HelloFresh and they basically send you like X number of, pre-built like ingredient packages for like these great meals. And all you do is like do some rough assembly and like cook it for 20 or 30 minutes. And you have like this awesome meal. And what they're doing is they're doing their, their, um, their recipes that they ship out to you like weekly based on what is fresh and awesome during that particular season, uh, that particular week. So the, the recipes always rotate and they're, they have whatever culinary specialists or nutritionists or chefs or whatever. They have their experts and they curate this stuff for you, put it in these packages and you just throw it in the, in the stove or oven or microwave or whatever, and you're good to go. Uh, you got this other one, which I, I just signed up for called Graze where you have people like that, but they pick snacks for you and they send it out to you. Um, but there's tons of groups doing this now. There's like, um, there's like health and beauty type packages. There's a whole bunch of like fashion packages, like men's fashion, men's health, um, where they, they go and pick the best stuff, collect it into this little thing, this little package or, or care package or whatever and shoot it off to you, and you're only paying one fee. You basically sign up, pay this small amount, and then have experts go and curate um, the best of the best and bring it to you. 
and send it to you directly to your to your house. Um, it's a really powerful concept that I think we're going to see more and more of. Um, and it won't just be retail goods, right? This will, it'll be like, let me find you the, the perfect music for you, right? You tell me what you like, and I'm going to go and collect the perfect music for you and build playlists, and I'll put it in whatever your favorite player is. Um, it's the same for gifts, um, gifts um, as in G-I-F-T-S. So um, w one idea I had around this is, what if you could feed data about all your friends and family that you want to send gifts to and you want to have it be like the best gifts. So you tell them information about them. Oh, they like this kind of stuff and they're very thoughtful and they like airplanes and whatever else they like rabbits or, or whatever. And the service just goes, scans the entire internet and handpicks like the most perfect gift for them. And then of course they just bring you options and you pick what they are, um, which one you want to use or whatever. But uh, this kind of curation I think is, is gonna become really, really popular, especially when you're not paying each time, right? When you're paying, you know, a pretty minimal fee and getting just this great service for it. So I, I think it's something you should look out for. You should also just see what are available in spaces and in uh, subjects that you already have an interest in. All right, so the next section is uh, called links and uh, might be able to guess what it is. It's basically recommendations or uh, collections or, or just things I think you should check out. So it's not purely news um, and we're not going to go in super depth on each of them, but uh, it's just a collection of uh, stuff you should check out. So the first one is the A16Z podcast. I've mentioned this like five or 75 times. I can't remember, but I just really want to recommend it again. Um, there is one particular episode that I, I definitely recommend, which is the microservices episode, which is two episodes ago right now. So the last one was on sleep and the one before that was microservices. Really suggest you check that one out. Um, next link I want to recommend uh, is a TED Radio Hour podcast on big data. Uh, my buddy Jason Powell recommended this to me uh, based on the book that I'm writing that he looked at a draft of. And uh, I listened to the whole thing. They actually have it broken up into little sections too. Like one was like 12 minutes, one was like 10 minutes. And it's different experts talking about different points about big data. And like, uh, I think they called it big data revolution or whatever. But um, the podcast itself, the TED Radio Hour podcast, I just added it to my list because it's great on its own. But this episode on big data, highly recommended gives really good solid background on AI. This one particular example of, of checkers, like kind of the origin of machine learning was this, uh, this programmer who wrote a, uh, a program to, to determine based on the current board configuration who was likely to win. And then it set itself to go and uh, just play itself over and over and over and when it ran this thing for a while and it came back, 
when the programmer came back, he couldn't beat it at checkers anymore because it had taught itself. So um, that was kind of one of the origins of machine learning. And uh, they give a bunch of examples like that, plus application examples of where we could use it in, con in conjunction with big data. Really, really cool episode. Uh, definitely check it out. Next one is um, You Suck at Excel by Joel Spolsky. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but based on how rude he was in the presentation, I'm not sure I care. Um, this guy is super smart. He is famous. Like he did all, all kinds of stuff. I think he made Trello and like made Stack Exchange. Pretty sure. N no question. He's like epic smart. Um, and he, he's really good at presenting the content. He was also used to be a PM um, at Microsoft of Excel. So obviously that's probably where he got really good at it. But he just does this like, I don't know if it's 30 minutes or an hour. But it's a YouTube presentation. Again, the link is in the uh, newsletter. Um, but he just goes through and he starts off super basic. And he goes through like four levels of, you know, um, uh, you know, beginner to advanced. And he just shows you, okay, here's your data. Here's a better way to format it. So the, the spreadsheet starts off super basic. And then it gets more and more advanced as he moves through it. But um, holy crap, the attitude on this guy, it was like, it was entertaining, but uh, super rude. He's like, oh, I was gonna talk to you about this one, but you guys wouldn't understand. Like he would seriously say that. He's just like, oh, and someone raised their hand and he stops and he goes, really, a question? Honestly, you're honestly gonna ask a question right now? And the guy asks the question. You couldn't really hear it very clearly with the mic wherever it was. But he's like, you know what? I don't even understand that question, so I'm not even going to address it. And he's just super rude, you know, like just saying those comments over and over throughout the presentation. It was kind of funny, but you can tell like he wasn't doing it to be funny. He just honestly thought everyone in there was dumb. Um, but hopefully this does not dissuade you from watching this thing. Because I, I honestly feel like people being a little bit better at, at um, Excel will just probably improve their lives. Like Excel is basically runs the planet, I, I feel like. I feel like it's the single most important piece of software probably anywhere. Um, maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole, but not really. So... Um, if you spend any time at all in Excel, you should absolutely watch this presentation. Um, next link is actually notes from you suck at Excel. So someone um, went and did a really nice parsing of that presentation in written form in a blog and it's well-written and it describes all the lessons. In, in really clear, concise uh, sort of format. So I have that link in there as well. Um, next one, information security definitions. So um, I collected all my different attempts to clean up a number of misunderstandings around terms in InfoSec. And I put them all in one post. Um, and I have the link to that in here. 
Um, the next one is just a link uh, to the podcast, which is in the newsletter. So that's no problem because you're already listening to it. Um, oh, this next one is great. It's called Oh Shit Git. How to get out of common bad situations when using Git. So this person has made a list of like all the different like dead ends and holy crap, now I have to Google to get out of this, this situation and basically how to unscrew yourself from that, from that issue. Um, it's phenomenal. And again, the link is there. Um, I also just wrote a post on how to install uh, Suricata um, intrusion detection system on any Linux box in five minutes. So um, I was really annoyed with the package managers for Snort and Suricata on both CentOS and Ubuntu. And uh, so I just went and figured out how to do it manually with just downloading the source and run like five or six commands, like so easy. I have it where it's mostly just scripted. Like I can seriously install on a brand new box, a fully functional, you know, running Suricata IDS system in like three minutes. Like it's just super fast. Um, and I described how to do that in this link. Um, finally, inspiration. Um, got a quote here. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die tomorrow. And that was written by James Dean. All right. Thanks for listening. And please be sure to sign up for the newsletter to get a clean summary of everything we talked about. And if you like the show, please recommend it to your friends. We'll see you next time.